it appraised at 155. So even with the uh, 203K, we still were 10K under the appraisal value. Welcome, my friend, to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And before we get into the show in today's episode, which I know you'll get a lot of value from because we're, we stay out of all the fluffy stuff and we get straight into the good stuff of real estate investing advice, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, and that's Patch of Land. Uh, they are making this show possible and they're making tons of flipping projects possible all across the country. If you don't know about Patch of Land, then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping uh, because they have all the money available right now. Um, once you get approved for your your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower, um, you're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the, the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's projects a success. Uh, they've got something really cool for you. So um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding, uh, they've come up with a guide. It's called the Top 10 Crowdfunding Questions Guide. And they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself. And they're all the answers. They don't leave you hanging. They've got answers too. All the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions. So you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Uh, and if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, I checked this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the show where we don't get into any of the fluff and we go straight to the good stuff all about real estate investing, how to move your business forward. Interviewed Jay Papazan from Keller Williams. He's co-written a lot of best-selling books. Interviewed Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Epordad, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank and many, many other best ever guests. And uh, you're about to hear from another best ever guest, Nicole Pettis. How you doing, Nicole? Great. How are you, Joe? I'm doing well and excited to talk to you. I've never actually talked to someone who has the interesting fact that you have. And I won't say that quite yet, but I'll, I'll, let me get into your real estate stuff. Then, then I want to mention that interesting fact. <laughs> sure, sure. You are the, well, you're in, you're based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Correct. and you're the president of Brew City Real Estate Investment. You transitioned into real estate investing in 2013 by purchasing your first foreclosure with a 203K renovation loan. I don't know what that is. We'll get into that in a little bit. Sure. And you just closed on your second flip in June. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yes. Excited about that one. Yeah, and uh, almost as excited, and here's a segue, almost as excited as, as I'm sure you were when you were, here's the interesting fact, a professional foosball player. Yes, right? yes. All right, I know it's none of the fluff, but I have one question. <laughs> How do you become a professional foosball player? Well, lots of practice, and they have tournaments all over the country, like Dallas is the world tournament, and Atlanta, I believe, is nationals. So you just practice and practice and practice, and then you go in, you play. There's doubles, singles, <laughs> there you go. mixed, and everything's based on a point system. 
So you start out as a rookie and you move up to pro, and that takes a long time. But there's there's guys actually making a living off of it because that's all they do. That doesn't surprise me because <laughs> you can make a living off of anything. But to come across in my own life a professional foosball player, that actually does surprise me. So I'm checking that box right now. Nicole, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on right now? Oh, sure. Yeah. So I've been a graphic designer for the past 15 years. It's, you know, I've always been a creative. That's my big passion is just being creative first and foremost. And graphic design just kind of fell into that genre. As you know, you're you were in advertising. And currently, you know, the last six years, I've been working for a big box company as an apparel artist and uh, had my son. And that's when my heart changed. I really just wanted to be at home and have the freedom to be with him and but yet still have a good income coming in the door because it was necessary. So I just really looked around, looked around and figured out how can I bring that same type of income, but yet have the freedom and real estate fit that niche. Are you able to use any of your graphic design skills in the flips that you're doing? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like to me, like graphic design is just a general term for a creative that understands space, color theory. I mean, there's a lot of research that goes into all this stuff, as you know. And I think the biggest thing my job teaches me is about trend and market. I have to understand trends and I have to understand the market and I have to understand my customer. And I think those three things really apply to when you're flipping a property because Those are necessary things to know. You have to understand the trends, where are they going? You have to understand your market, who's buying, when they're buying, how quickly are they buying, and what are they looking for in a house? You know, because most of the time the women are the ones buying it. It's an emotional buy for them. They want to be able to walk in and say, this is my home. I can call this place home. And the only way to achieve that is to visually bring that to the table for them, whether it's through wall color, staging, you know, just having a nice kitchen, just, you know, an overall clean house that they can walk in and say, this is where I want to live. Trends, market, and what are they looking for? Mm -hmm. Those are three really interesting things. And I want to dig into one of them, maybe even two, but one of them in particular trends. You're in Milwaukee, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. What trends are you seeing there? As far as the aesthetic for houses or colors or what kind of trends? However you want to interpret that question. Okay, great. So I approach it as what is my main goal? My main goal is to buy a house, flip it, and and sell it to the retail market, right? So in order to do that, I have to understand what the buyer is looking for as far as the trends go. Paint colors are huge. White is no more. Beige has been a popular color for years, but now they're going into grayages, as they call them. They're a combination of gray and beiges. So always you kind of use those colors on the walls. Everybody wants that whole like pottery barn, rustic traditional look most of the time. And then um, subway tile is making a huge comeback and just mix that in with more of a contemporary feel. Those are the kind of trends I'm talking about. And then um, so that's what I've been looking for. I mean, that's how I approach when I walk into a house. I I visualize what it will look like in the end. And if if I like it, then I'm pretty sure the buyers will like it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I, I wish I had those skills. Whenever I walk into a house, I don't see anything except what's immediately apparent. I, it really is an art form. And I think you can learn it. But boy, if you've got that naturally, you're you're well ahead of the curve. With those flips, yes. uh, with the one that you did prior and the one that you just closed on in June, mm-hmm. 
Do you have team members that assist you in any of the other aspects? Or are you doing it all from the visualization and the aesthetics to also numbers and marketing and all that good stuff? Okay. Well, the first one, we're, we're living in it. When I started all this venture, we were renting and it didn't make sense to me to be in a rental and try to buy flips. So I decided, hey, let's buy a foreclosure. And that's where the 203K renovation loan comes in because uh, you can get an FHA, 3.5% down, and then you can get a renovation loan attached to your mortgage and you have six months and it has to be ran by a general contractor. But basically the renovation part's taken care of. So you don't have to move into a dilapidated house. You can have it pretty, you know, livable for you. Oh, so you can get an FHA loan, three and a half percent down, and you, what, you just not living in it for the first six months? Are you living in it while those renovations are happening? You could do either, really. We had to live in it, but it wasn't so bad that we couldn't live in it. You know, it's so funny. Our closing got pushed out. We were supposed to close the beginning of November, and I got closed out to the week before Thanksgiving. And we had no furnace. And we <laughs> so we closed on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. And I had to have the furnace guys come in that day and just get her done. And so we would have heat because it was freezing here. Are you able to roll in the costs of the renovations in the loan that you originally get based on what it will be worth later? How does that work? Okay, so how I did my numbers is I did the whole flip formula. So I took in account the ARVs, I subtracted the 70%, and I took off what was left to be done on the house because the bank had done some work to it. So after that, I put in the offer, my maximal allowable offer, as they say. The bank accepted because it was winter time and they just wanted to get it off their books. And then so then we took 25K on the rental loan. We probably could have took 35K, but I was just sticking with the 25 because I felt comfortable with that. And that is, yes. So it's all lumped in one, your mortgage. That's your mortgage payment. Okay. I, I'm a little slow, so forgive <laughs> me. Can you summarize from a high level the numbers on it one more time for me? So for our house, the ARVs came in at about 200000 So then I okay. did the flip formula, which is... You take the 200, you subtract 70% because that's allowable for your closing costs and, you know, real estate fees when you sell and, and all that other, those little numbers that are a pain in your tushy. And then you subtract the renovation costs. So um, I counted in 25000 because they had, uh, the bank had done the foundation. They put carpet in it. They painted it. So there wasn't a whole lot of interior stuff that needed to be done besides updating so then I came to the amount of 115 for the cost of okay. our house. So that's what I, I offered, actually 110. The bank came back and said, we'll do 115. And I said, okay, deal. And, um, and that was pretty much it. So then we closed initially on the house. And then you don't close on the 2 or 3K loan until six months after. So And the work has to be inspected at that time before they will finalize the payment. Mm-hmm. So they pay 50% up front to the contractor in the beginning, and then then they get paid at the end. Got it. Okay. So you're closing on the property, but then six months later or whenever it's done, you close on the renovation Correct. loan? Okay. So there are two different loans? Yeah. That's how it's perceived, but it's one loan payment. Okay. So at the end of the day, we have a mortgage of 142. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And uh, just for the numbers, so 200K after repair value, the ARV, then you subtract 70% of that, which is 140, yep. right? Mm-hmm. 140, then you're subtracting 25K worth of renovations, mm-hmm. which would be 115. You offered 110, and you end up closing on 115, Correct. right? Yep. Okay. And then you did the renovation through the contractor. They're getting paid 50% up front. They've got six months to do it. And then once it's done, is there an appraisal afterwards? No, no appraisal, but an FHA inspector does come by, make sure that the work that's on the contract is done. And she, you know, he or she, if they, they say yes, then you close out that part of the loan. How do they determine the after repair value prior to you closing on the loan? Oh, um, we did have an appraisal done, but we got such a great deal on this house. We weren't even, it appraised at 155. So even with the uh, two or three K, we still were 10 K under the appraisal value. Okay. It appraised for 155 mm-hmm. without the repairs being done. Correct. Mm-hmm. What do you think it appraised for now? We're still in the 200 range. There hasn't been much movement in this area of town. I live in Wauwatosa. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> say that five times. Wauwatosa. <laughs> and uh, so it's just, it's been pretty steady. It's an A plus neighborhood and the houses I've, I've been looking here. This is kind of my farm area because they're great houses and, and everybody likes to live here. And there's a lot of, they're putting millions of dollars into the area as well. Like there's a Nordstrom's coming in, shopping centers, more hospitals, you know, so they're really putting a lot of investment into this town. For someone looking to get the 203k renovation loan, what would you say would be some things you'd mention to them that you've learned through the process? Pre-plan. That's my biggest thing. I think what a lot of people ask me is to pre-plan. And I, what I mean by that is, obviously, you need to get educated on ARVs. What does that mean? What do COPs really stand for? You have to understand that. You have to understand construction costs. That's such a huge thing when you're doing your scope of work. You need to have a general idea. I'm not saying you have to know 100% your numbers, but just a general idea. How much is a roof going to cost? How much is painting going to cost? Those things are all imperative. And you can do that by networking and talking to contractors. They'll give you like roundabout ideas. Say, hey, how much do you cost to do a roof? You know, and they'll give you estimates. So then you can You can either do it that way or you can research on Google or, you know, there's other books out there for rehab costs. And then what I did was I talked to like three or four different contractors and I told them what I was doing. And when I closed on this house, I said, all right, ready, set, go. (laughs) And I had my scope of work together and I had them all come in and give me estimates within a week. For that scope of work, what's that document look like? Just a breakdown of what you want to have fixed. Now, there is a technicality with the FHA loans. You have to do code violations first. Those have to be taken care of first. And what I mean by code violations, I mean like the furnace being out. That's a code violation. Or peeling paint on a house. That's a huge FHA violation. Like they will not, like a normal everyday house, if it had peeling paint, you could not get an FHA loan. They would not approve that loan without the 2 or 3K. So... You have to understand the FHA rules. Basically, like I said, code violations first and then aesthetic second. And uh, the two or three covers everything but landscaping. So it could be anything. If you just want a new kitchen, you can put a new kitchen in. New bathrooms, it paid for our appliances. 
you just have to understand that. What type of interest rate did you get on the loan? Mm, tricky question because I can't remember. <laughs> it wasn't the best, but I think it was probably. It definitely wasn't the worst then either. No. <laughs> if you can't remember. <laughs> I think maybe seven ish percent. I don't know, honestly, Joe. Is this like seven percent on your loan? Maybe, maybe lower. Six, six. Sorry, it was a little high, just because of other various things. But okay, got it. And is that for the the duration of what is it? Amortize over thirty years. Oh boy, you're asking me big numbers. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you know I've learned a lot, but I'm still not very good with numbers because I'm an artist. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Well, as long as you're, it's being paid for and things are going well, that's for sure. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Oh, I was ready for this. Okay, mindset. And I'm not talking about the positive kind, like, oh, I'm always positive. I'm talking about persistence and grit and determination. Change that mindset. Don't play a victim. Just approach things on how can I? How can I solve this problem that I'm facing? That's what's gotten me through a lot of this because it's not always easy. As you know, I work full time. I have a, a toddler in tow and trying to do all this and get this going. So there's been days when I just want to been like, I can't do this anymore. And you know what? I get up the next morning and say, no, I got to do this. This is what I want. And I have to pursue. When you want to take the island, you burn the boat. Right? <laughs> sure. Yes. That's another way to put it. You ready for the best ever lightning round, Nicole? Let's go. First, a quick word for our best ever partners. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it. Now it's time for you to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land, they're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com forward slash best ever. How about getting a financial model from a financial modeling expert? I think that is a brilliant idea. Our previous best ever guest, Bruce Kirsch, it's episode 128. The episode's titled Crash Course on Financial Modeling for Real Estate Investing. He's got a special offer for you. And instead of spending hours running the numbers on deals don't, that don't work, um, his his new software, Evaluate, can help you filter out the bad ones in just a couple minutes. And you can try it for free. Uh, yep, free. Uh, just go to app.getrefm.com. I know it's a kind of a funky URL, but you should do it because I've done it, and it's it's a really cool, um, really cool system that he's got set up. App.getref.com. What's the best ever book you've read? Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. And I know that's kind of odd, but it's just because he's, he reset my mindset. Um, and then followed by Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Wow. Those are polar opposites, my friend. They are, aren't they? <laughs> Dave don't like debt. <laughs> you know what, Joe? That was probably my biggest hurdle with all of this. Because I've been a hardcore Dave Ramsey follower. Like he, like he changed how I did things. And then I was faced with this. So I had to walk away a little bit from those principles. It wasn't easy, but sometimes you just have to take a risk, right? I agree. So, Best ever personal growth experience and what did you learn from it? Oh gosh, that's a hard one. You know, I have to say I worked in Ohio for a while for a big company called The Limited Brands. Don't know if you've ever heard of them. Yep. (laughs) But anyway, they laid off a bunch of people and uh, I survived, luckily, but... 
I was like, oh my gosh, what would have happened if I lost my job tomorrow? Like we put so much security into these big companies or companies or whatever, and we forget about the what ifs. Like, what if tomorrow I didn't have a job? What if this happens? So that really just changed my mindset and realized that I can't have all my eggs in one basket and I really need to diversify and figure out how am I going to move forward if that ever happened to us. Always have an action plan to failure. Does that make sense? Interesting. I like that. What's the best ever project you're most excited about right now? My duplex. <laughs> I mean, this, our house is ever going project right now because uh, we're just doing the cosmetic stuff. But this duplex took a long time to get. I've been looking for a flip for almost almost a year just because I've had some failures in the past by trusting the wrong people. And I know I, I, I veered away from my whole single family for a second to get this. However, the duplex market in Milwaukee is just as strong as the single family home in Milwaukee because people are looking to be owner occupants as well in these in and do the house hacking thing. So when I was looking at days on market, they were pretty much parallel to the single family home market. So it, it didn't scare me. Plus the duplex that I have is the worst house on the best block and it's surrounded by half a million dollar houses. So not not that the duplex is gonna go for that, but I'm just saying like it's surrounded by a great community that's gonna and it's gonna hold his market value. How'd you find the duplex? Word of mouth and networking. Really, that's what it came down to. My contractor that I had decided to move forward with on my flips, he said, I, I've got a place for you. And I said, let's get it. So that's how it happened. How did you close on it? Oh, hard money. So I partnered with, I have a gentleman in my, um, my networking group. And he said, you know what, Nicole? I've been coming here for a year. You're a good person. I'll help you. So he helped me with the down payment with the hard money lender. And I'm running the project, picking all the finishes. I'm going to market it. You know, I myself can't sell it because I'm not an agent, but right now I'm networking with the top agents in the area. So when it's ready to go, I'll invite them in and pick the best of the best. What's the best ever way you like to give back? That's twofold. So I love children and I love art. So I try to volunteer as much as I can to be with kids, you know, whether it's through foster care and also the company I work for now, we do a lot of stuff for kids. So wherever it is that they need help, I go out and help as much as I can. And then I also do pro bono work being a graphic designer. I don't do it as much as I used to, but I will help, you know, uh, nonprofit organizations, whether it's for kids or business startups or wherever, you know, I like to give. So. And Nicole, what would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Not being more aggressive. You know, I, it took me a while to feel confidence about myself. And sometimes you just got to take that action. You got to quit. You got to get out of your own head and you got to say, I, I know what I'm doing for the most part. Cause you, you ain't going to learn until you do it. Right. That's what they always tell you. But I feel like you have to get enough education to feel confident about that move, but you eventually got to take that move. So my point is not being aggressive enough. And what's the best ever place to reach you? Okay. So. I should have a website up soon, but until then, <laughs> it's nchallens, C-H-A-L-L-A-N-S at gmail.com. And then I also have a profile on biggerpockets.com, Nicole Pettis, P-E-T-T-I-S, and I'm here in Milwaukee. And you want to give your email one more time? Sure. It's, oh, I also got to get my phone number too, right? nchallens, N-C-H-A-L-L-A-N-S. At gmail.com. 
And then my phone number is 614-638-8635. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for being on the show. Sure. Talking about your first clip, talking about your professional foosball career very quickly. (laughs) And talking about, I think, the big takeaway for me in this conversation is learning about the 203k renovation loan and uh, the example where you had the $200,000 ARV after repair value home. You, you take 70% of that, you got to, what was it, 140? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, 140, then you subtract 25K renovation costs, you get 115K cost of the house because you want to have some padding. Yeah. And then you're able to come do that lo- the renovation within six months. 50% up front, the contractor gets 50% afterwards, all through one loan. And then on that loan, you got to do the code violations first, like peeling paint, busted furnace, and it basically covers everything except for landscaping. Right. So I think it's great. I think it's tremendously valuable for anybody interested in this type of program. So thank you for being on the show, sharing your advice, and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thank you so much, Joe. Have a great day.